monitor on charge. How times have changed. How five years ago people would be like, what's the motive? What are we doing? Where are we going? What club we're going? And now it's there. Put the put I know. Yeah, Friday put the baby night. monitor on. Yeah. <laughs> Friday night um, doing a podcast. I haven't seen you with like long hair in a while. You usually used to have it quite short. Yeah, you know what? And since pregnancy, it's actually grown out quite a lot. Um, apparently, that's the thing. When you're pregnant, your hair grows much faster. Mm, maybe I need to get pregnant because I, I want my hair to go a bit longer and that's too short. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I kid, mum, I kid. But um, I just every time I'm on the phone with someone. Yes, it does? You can leave now. Who are you Cause talking to? Cause I... Oh, I'm Hi, Mark. Really How sure. are I, can't, you? I, can't, I can't talk to people. No, but every time, yeah, you can talk to people, but it's just your energy. You go, go, go ahead. You wanted to say something? No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'll leave it to you. What do you want the chicken? Yeah, you can eat the chicken. Okay. Um, you said it's every <laughs> no, time. Miles, it's the chicken. <laughs> yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to the Benangay podcast. You're here with Shakura and our podcast, we're making moves and we literally, we have our first guest today. Now this girl, I would say for me personally, I would say that she was an ex high school frenemy. I wouldn't really call us besties in high school, but I wouldn't call us <laughs> enemies in high school. But I also want to call us super like friendly, friendly, but I wouldn't say, so I want to say frenemy. Frenemy is a good, a good word. Ex-frenemy um, that I'm surprised that I'm actually keeping in contact still today in a good way, not in a bad way. Sometimes people take what I say in a beefy way. Her name is Tanya and we've come a long way. I remember like in high school times, mm-hmm. we, I don't think we beefed in like a bad way, but I wouldn't say we were each other's best friends. Um, and I don't think we're really good friends to each other either. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, but I didn't know if you wanted to sort of explain how, cause I think this is a really good sort of lesson for people that perhaps in the past might have not been the best of friends, but end up reconnecting. I don't know if you want to explain sort of from your perspective, sort of how we reconnected again. How we reconnected? Well, really it was over, over, the pregnancy over my over my daughter being born um and we just we took it from there um you know you you reached out to me and then we we had we had some really good conversations um over the past couple of months you know we were speaking about the past as well about our high school days um and you know, apologies were made. Um, mistakes were corrected where they could be, and um, yeah, just good good conversations were held. And I feel like owning the behavior from the past and not um, not shying away from it or um, pushing the blame either on on anybody but yourself. You know. Uh, so yeah, I feel like for me personally. You know, I know I wasn't the best friend um, that there could be. Yeah, like you thing. said, like we were frenemies, right? So, um, you know, we were in the same friendship group, but it was just such a weird, such a weird bubble. I agree. And to add on to that as well, because it's so funny because we're in a friendship group 
and there was what like six or seven of us so you would naturally think mm. we would be really close but um we really won it's, it's weird how like things work like that when you have a group friendship group in school and you think like you'd be really close I don't know if a lot of people would resonate with that in high school like, for me when I left high school I realized I wasn't as close like you know there were things about myself I look back I'm like oh yeah I didn't talk to anyone about this or any of my friends I think mm. a lot of it having a sibling I was really close to played a, a huge part I'm like well if I got my brother here that's sort of unwavering yeah. in comparison to friends but definitely I agree with you because I think it's good to sort of acknowledge your past I wasn't a mate like I don't know anyone that was golden um like a year ago a month ago it doesn't matter especially in my teenage phase no one was perfect mm. I wasn't perfect you weren't perfect but I think we had such, I think for me, I think, and you you probably noticed it more during your pregnancy, but I think for me, when you became pregnant, it sounds really weird, but I was like, okay, I feel like she's going to be in a different place. She has to automatically be in a different place. And then I saw your Instagram and I saw you weren't following a lot of people from, from our past. I was like, okay, yeah, she's really like, that was like for me when I was like, because someone told me you were pregnant and I had no idea you were pregnant. And I was like, oh, wow, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. Like, my first thing was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy. And I was like, it's weird because I, I remember leaving on such a weird note. And I don't want to be that person that's like, oh, yeah, happy, happy pregnancy. So I was like, let me just see what her Instagram's saying. And then when I saw on it, I was like, okay, it's really bad to judge, like, someone's growth from, gone. like, the Instagram <laughs> followers and who she's following. But when I was like, oh, okay, yeah, she's not following these, you know, a lot of the people. I was like, okay, yeah, she's probably definitely in a different place and, um mm. and then I reached out and then it was funny because we had so much more things in common than we realized especially mm -hmm. in terms of upbringing sort of family relationships which is a topic that I really wanted to discuss with you today because we were having a conversation about marriage and sort of each other's yeah. views on marriage and how we and how we mm -hmm. saw marriage and Tani and I grew up in in, in very similar backgrounds where our parents did not live together. They weren't together. Um, they were separated or divorced um, or the other, you know, separated or divorced. In my situation, it was a divorce. Um, in your situation, I, I don't want to speak for you in case I say something wrong, but in your situation, was it just separation or? Yeah, it was a separation. My parents um, never got married. Uh, so they'd had both me and my younger sister um, out of wedlock. Uh, and then they split up when I was seven and she was five. So, yeah, we do remember it quite clearly, or I do at least. But, yeah, yeah. I know the experience was very different for you. Yeah, because I think for me, I never remembered it at all. So I think my mom was pregnant and then she had my brother and I. And I think they got married when I was probably two or three, which I wouldn't remember. And then I don't even know like the exact date paper wise that they got divorced. I just know, you know, they got divorced. Um, and that's when I moved to America when I was four. So for me, I never sort of remember much of it or experienced much of it because at that time your brain's developing. And when you're young, moving to a different country, I'm guessing my mind was in a different place. Um, just living whatever I was doing. I can't, I can't even remember when I left the UK. So um, yeah, so even though we had similar similar sort of experiences of marriage I was talking about how marriage for me personally wasn't something I would sort of aspire to have or do because I felt like marriage mm -hmm. meant there was a lack of security and Tanya's it was almost the opposite where she feels as if actually I'll let you speak for yourself I don't I don't like speaking for people but 
her <laughs> your view was different basically from mine yeah yeah um so I'm generally pro-marriage uh not necessarily because I think marriage is the ultimate form of uh a romantic gesture because I know it's yeah. not um I know that there are so many other ways that you can sort of declare your romance or declare your love. Um, I feel like marriage for me personally, because of um, the way that I was, uh, or not really the way that I was brought up because it, it it was the situation that happened around me, but you know, just the way that things happened um, with my parents splitting up, I, I'm more favorable towards marriage uh, for security purposes because I know how difficult it was for my mum when my parents did split up because my dad was the main breadwinner at the time because my mum had uh, taken time out of work to take care of both my sister and I. So, um, you know, speaking from my perspective now as well, Obviously, my maternity leave has ended. Mila is, um, she's, you know, 14 months old now. So um, I have passed the point of my, I know, right? It's gone so fast. Um, But yeah, so my maternity leave has ended now, which means that um, I'm no longer being paid uh, maternity leave from my work. Um, And James is, and I hate to make this comparison between him and my dad, but <laughs> he is the breadwinner. Um, and it's not even a bad comparison, but he's the breadwinner. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that anything is bound to happen, like, yeah. you know, doomed or, or anything like that. But I just feel like um, even from studies um, in psychology back from when we were in school, there I've kind of just been programmed in a way to believe that marriage is the more favorable option, I guess. Yeah, like it's interesting because you and I, we both think, okay, there's some form of security from it. So for me, mm. I'm like, there's more security not being married. And for you in marriage, mm. there's that sort of security. But I definitely agree with you, sort of that sort of programming and understanding sort of, you know, you, I feel like, I hate to put it in I, I have a I just feel like society as a whole has just fed this idea of you know you grow old and by a certain age you have a kid certain age you get married you get a house together and all those things you can look at religion for example definitely in Christianity you know marriage is a huge thing um I just speak on Christianity since uh, I don't even want to go into a religious sort of conversation but if I had to I'll probably yeah I don't even want to get into that conversation but Anyways, with religion, right? So, yeah, no, it's a weird thing with religion. I think for me personally, like, you know, I've done all sort of this. The fact that I can't even explain the stages anymore, that shows how much I've fallen off. I just listen to gospel music (laughs) and I'm like, yeah, that's my relationship with God right now. But I think, like, for me, uh, you know, it's going to, I'm going to take it to a deep level briefly. So, I grew up, most people wouldn't know this, and it's not a secret. It's just, I always tell people I'm not trying to hide anything. If you don't ask, I'm not going to tell you. And if it doesn't come up in conversation, I won't say. Mm. But I grew up quite religious, like very religious, to the point of Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. I'm going to church. I'm on the church track team. I'm one of the altar girls. I, you know, I remember when I was young, if I did something wrong or lied, I'd have to go walk to church with my brother and like talk to the priest or do confessionals and all those things. And 
a lot of people would have negative experiences to be like, oh my gosh, I hated it. My brother and I, we didn't mind it at all because we were really into sports. We're like, oh yeah, you know, track and field team. And our church was cool until they changed the music director. Our church was was lit. And um, so it was really cool. So naturally I had quite a good relationship with God. And then I moved to Singapore and then just things happened. And I'm just like, I was kind of faced with negative things like racism and stuff that I was very naive about when I was living in America. And so all these things, um, I was like, wait, I don't get it because a lot of the people that were causing the racism, I was going to church with. So I was just kind of like, where I thought God loved everyone. I don't get it. Like we're going to church, but you can still be a mean person. And then my church mm-hmm. in Singapore had someone come in. And I think I was kind of the final straw for my brother and I. And they were basically saying to us that, you know, we need to convert Muslim people, Muslim people are bad and all these things. And my brother and I didn't really agree with it. So it kind of made my brother and I, or I'll speak for myself more, but made me feel like sometimes people use religion as a way to sort of justify doing awful things to people. Um, and then I, when I just started to think about it even more and more, I just feel like, why is it with religion, you know, it seems to benefit basically if you're a white hetero male it seems to benefit you but if you're anything outside of that it doesn't benefit you so I was like but I thought God loved everyone and stuff like that so I just didn't end up being as religious I kind of just fell out sort of with religion if that makes sense as a whole so that's why even though like I would say I'm more agnostic I I do believe in like a being but I wouldn't say I'm Catholic Catholic anymore just because do I have do it do I sometimes pray and stuff like that of course but I, just something about sort of being tied to religion for me right now, I just can't. I just also think my upbringing, like how can I have such a multicultural upbringing, just be tied to like one sort of religion when that wasn't the only type of religion I was exposed to, et cetera, et cetera. So even though I did all the stages, baptism, reconciliation, confirmation, communion, all the stages and the steps it's a bit in my mind I'm like wow that's a, it was a lot because a lot of Sunday church school but um you know I think when I was doing it I'll be honest it was because these were the steps that I could end up marrying in a catholic church now I don't really believe in marriage it just made me think wait a, like it just made me question everything so yeah so I say for me like with marriage because of that the sort of successful relationships like I don't see many success successful marriages personally and then the one I saw that was successful they weren't married but they still go to church and you know their children go to catholic school and all those things so for me I was like okay you can have that security you can also have that religion because you know in the church that's deemed as something not good makes you like you know it's all those things so it made me think wow these people have been together for like donkey years since I since the beginning of time and they're not married um they obviously there's struggles with relationships but they're happy and they have two beautiful children and they're you know they're the best that they can be obviously I don't know the ins and outs of their relationship but then when I look at my own when I look at other marriages they're not successful so I'm like okay the one that I see seems to be a partnership and so that's where I want to go so it doesn't mean I don't want a family and stuff I just the security and then the 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 divorce with the paperwork and the lawyers and all those things if there was a way to have like a partnership with someone and it not have any impacts on like what you own and stuff I know that's called a prenup I I know people before they say it's called Mm -hmm. prenup maybe I'll have a prenup but I just um just it's not it it's just 
it's just it's not it I don't know I mean you know, watch me say this and then I get married I'm not off the table of marriage <laughs> but I just think when I see how successful my mom and my grandma has been despite of going through a divorce for me it makes me realize okay I don't need to be married for these they they, mm. they were better off divorced than when they were married so for me I think in my yeah. mind I kind of trained myself I'll be better off not being married than going through the yeah. divorce um and it's a shame yeah. like through the success it came from the pain of the divorce but um mm-hmm. yeah so I went on a tangent there but that's kind of sort of personally for me how have you I don't know are you religious I don't know if you're if you're religious um no no right now I'm not religious I um I was uh, baptized in a protestant church when I was little but um no I I never ended up getting confirmed or anything like that I didn't do my holy communion um my you know some of my family is religious um but and I would I would go to church with them sometimes on Sundays and when I say sometimes I mean like very rarely mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it doesn't really uh, resonate with me much but what I actually wanted to ask you was not really ask you but just sort of make a point of was it's interesting what you said about um your uh, just uh, about about relationships about about marriage and how because you've seen the success of your mom and your grandmother um it kind of uh, steered away from marriage because you see how much better off they are you know as opposed to when they were previously married Mm um so for me and, and I completely get that and I understand why you feel like that I also wonder if you know that's because maybe the thought of marrying the wrong man Mm. is more daunting but I feel like you know I feel like if it is truly and if you truly believe that it is the right man and you have like zero doubts whatsoever in and when I say you I don't mean you specifically I mean yeah yeah, in general general, you know if, if somebody in general has zero doubts whatsoever in their relationship and and you know they they just want to get married because they're just so yeah. madly in love with each other they know they're fully compatible as well you know yeah then I feel like there's almost I feel like there's almost no question obviously there's the question of if you want to be tied to the legal system and married and yada 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 yeah, you know like yeah. if that's the kind of cup of tea or whatever you want to call it um but yeah just uh, I wonder if if I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is I wonder if you know how should I yeah, do I, I, you know I can kind of see where you're coming from because um because I think the issue I think for me I don't know if it's marriage or if it's because you I don't know if it's marriage or if it's like you said the person so because I've seen oh, okay oh it's in a weird way I almost feel like I'm sort of almost destined to to just because it's happened once it's happened twice it's gonna happen again so I think in my mind I think I do I, I will say like to an extent I have I would definitely say I'm not the, I would say I'm not the most trusting and it takes a bit of time so mm-hmm. that whole sort of yeah. 
because marriage in a slight way is a gamble because you're going to marry someone but you're not going to know how you you know how you will be in 10 years 20 years 30 years Mm -hmm. etc which is why I think for more young people they're not really getting married as young anymore um like not in like their teens or something but like maybe 20s late 20s 30s it doesn't really matter you know like you know I'm just generalizing and it's that whole idea I think for me it's that gamble and I'm like that with friends I'm like that with anyone where I'm like okay I'm gonna I'm cool with you but to get to that point of trusting and completely opening Mm up that'll take a bit of of time and I think for me marriage is such a commitment to me that I'm like Mm -hmm. I'd rather be in a partnership so if things go wrong um I'm not legally tied to you and I think it's the legal aspect for me that's more of the the thing like I, I have no problem with being some, with someone for 20 years but I do have a problem with being someone with someone legally for 20 years I know that sounds really I know that sounds really really bad but like I, I just I, something about the tying up of the finances the lawyer fees going up a tax bracket that all that it's just it's not it's not glamorous to me I'm like I don't want that um so it's that's all those things that that's the part that I'm like oh you know what I feel like my perspective is also a little bit biased because obviously I'm a mother um from my perspective it's like it it almost protects the child if we're married um in a way like um yeah I mean okay this this is a little bit unrelated but um in in terms of like the benefits to children like I, I remember reading about how many benefits there were to children um, for parents being married and I remember in um, high school actually um, since we were on the topic before <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. in psychology I remember studying um, about relationships and um, did you study psychology in high school yeah I did but I hated it so much as soon as I finished that exam I scrapped it like I can't remember <laughs> a thing um, okay well this might um, this might sort of ignite a memory or something but um we learned that um parents sorry children of parents who were divorced or split up were more likely to divorce or split up themselves um Mm. and I remember that fact being really upsetting to me actually um because I was like that was like my worst nightmare basically of being split up or divorced or something like that because it was because of how the relationship with my parents were I was so adamant that I wanted a successful relationship a successful marriage yeah. you know like that perfect happy life I know that perfect life is you know realistically unachievable because we really lived that you know quote unquote yeah. perfect life but um yeah I remember it being so to me but um I feel like I'm constantly trying to learn from the mistakes that my parents made and I'm doing currently I'm doing so much like personal healing um that I'm really trying my very best to do what's in my power to make things work in my relationship um and for my marriage and I I say my marriage we're not married yet but you know we act like a married couple um, yeah yeah, pretty much married at this Uh, point yeah. yeah exactly So for me as well, I don't really like sort of the capitalist aspect of marriage as well. But then one of my friends, uh, he was like telling me she could not have to be spending that much money. Because I said to me, like, what I envision of a marriage, I was like, 
look, I'm going to be that pay girl and be like, look, I'm not paying for this. If you want this, we'll, we'll do it, but I'm not paying for it. And obviously, he was saying I was paying Sorry, whatever, what, whatever. Want what? As in like the marriage? Yeah, it was like the ceremony. So the capitalist aspect mm-hmm. of marriage. So like paying for the ceremony. Like for me, if I was to have a marriage, um, have a marriage, do like a marriage ceremony. I would barely invite like any people, family included, like, because I know with African families, you have to invite everyone. And I'm like, that's expensive. That's it. I can, like, my family is so small, but I can get big, like, real quickly with aunts and uncles and cousins and all these people that I don't even really talk to, but I have to invite to not cause beef down the line. That's another aspect of the marriage, like, marry. Mm-hmm marriage ceremony that I'm like oh don't know about that but I think so the capitalist aspect of it having a big wedding the cake and then everyone has to give you gifts and all I would rather people just like give me money to reimburse like the whole ceremony than like give me a gift but that's just me being like petty and frugal and tight with money to like oh, more spend money for, petty, for marriage but, but 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 then like even my mom said for her wedding she didn't pay that much and you can have like still like an you know a pretty okay time but like you were saying as well um I think for me when I see and this is this is also what you're saying in terms of like growing up and people's sort of understanding of love and how they see love and um for me because I didn't see sort of like a, a man sort of love my mom but my mom had that self-love and that confidence and all those things I think for me I've almost overcompensated for that fact so I'm like well I don't need a man I can do this on my own. Mm. I'm miss independent mm. and all those things where then you don't obviously become as trusting for people to be emotionally vulnerable with or to help you with, you know, emotionally and all those things. So there's pros and cons to it where, like you said, mm. if you have a healthy marriage and you see it, then you'll emulate that. But if you don't mm. see it at all, your ideas of love might come from media or my your idea of love so for how I saw it was okay you can have this like self-love like that's the main thing as long as you got the self-love and you're secure in the bag and you're traveling the world and doing all these things you're good but you know it's great you can have that self-love but also have someone with you as well so I think for me that's sort of like when you're talking about sort of working in yourself and improving for me definitely in relationships and friendships sort of allowing people to have emotional as- access to me or being sort of a little bit more emotionally vulnerable expressing my feelings more or having days where like I'm one of those people if I had a bad day and I'm really annoyed and I want to vent I personally wouldn't really vent to my friends but then mm. um I'll probably vent to my brother or just to myself basically family but I wouldn't go to call my friend to vent if I was angry or if I was really, really sad to an extent. So those things that come from that whole sort of, you know, trying to be a little bit more emotionally vulnerable, allowing people in sort of thing and something I'm, mm. you know, so when I do sort of get annoyed and angry, it doesn't come out of nowhere because in their defense, it would just seem like it came out from nowhere. So yeah, I definitely mm. agree with you in, in, in those sorts of things, like what you see is what you end up emulating. That's also what doesn't help with my idea of marriage. I'm like, oh, we're going to get married, going to get tired. And then it's going to be a conflict and I'm just going to be like, yo, peace. Yeah, it's done. Do the classic Shakura Petty move, unfollow, remove social media. <laughs> and then um, and then just just keep it moving. It's, it's, it's so iconic, that move. Like I get called out. Um, no, I don't do it anymore now. I have changed. I'm like, Shakura, you're grown now. You're 22. You can't be doing that anymore. But um, yeah, when someone realized that was like my my classic move, I was like, by the time I was about to unfollow you, you unfollowed me. I was like, yeah, 
that's you know i'm quick with it i'm quick with it but um yeah it's, it's funny but it's also like extremely toxic but yeah it's it's well, quite interesting like yeah yeah i mean yeah i understand what you're saying so i didn't interrupt but if, if you wanted to say something you know go ahead no no please interrupt so sometimes i feel like i go on a tangent and yeah and we'll end up somewhere oh. else but go ahead go ahead <laughs> no it's fine um I, I was just gonna say it's not it's not toxic i feel like you know we were talking about this a lot before you know there's 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 an extent to which you need to protect your peace right mm-hmm. so if if it's somebody who's only relevant you know if it's somebody who isn't very close to you or whatever then i feel like Facts. cutting them out and just removing them from your life seems like seems like a normal thing to do almost you know so true. like you you yeah. joke and say it's toxic but at the same time you know you shouldn't really have to force things to work you know like yeah. if you like for me and i feel like there's just like a fine line you know um and I think that's where maybe in our mentality we need to sort of make that shift in, in distinguishing between like the red flags that are like yeah. absolute deal breakers versus yeah. you know things that you can get away with. So like maybe maybe having it like on a scale of, of one to ten or something like that, you know. Um, and you know, if it goes above a if it goes above a five, then you know, that's it. Or you know, something of the sort. But if it's anything below a five, then yeah, it can be worked through. So, yeah. you know, like if, um, if say, for example, um, there was an incident of infidelity at the beginning of the relationship, you know, that would be no question to me. That would be, yeah, related. yeah, it's That's done, it, you know, yeah. done deal. Mm. Um, but say, for example, I don't know. Oh, I saw one on um, Instagram that said like red flags. I saw one on Instagram that said red flags and I, and I saw being late and I was a bit like, I don't know for me if that's a huge red flag in my mind. Cause you don't know what happened. I think an hour late, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's taking the mic. But if so, but if someone's like a couple minutes late, I'm like, Oh, it's a bit, mm, I don't know if it's in it's London, things like can it. happen. Strikes people. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should cut that bit out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I cut that bit out. I cut that bit out. No, but I know what you're talking about. Um, but I mean, for you, that's a, you know, everybody's entitled to their own feelings, and you've had yeah a experience with that, which you feel very strongly about. So you're completely entitled to that. So for you, that might be a deal breaker. Whereas me, you know, if someone's like a half hour late, I'm not gonna. Uh, now you know like if if they have their valid reasons like if it's a friend of mine who's a mother, I'm going to be like you know what I know how difficult it is to leave a house when you've got a child you know yeah when they last minute want to grab a snack or last minute need to use the potty or last minute need to you know mm. I don't know dance around the room with their uh, nappies on I don't know um I understand yeah. if you're half an hour late that's fine by me you know you do you but you know back in the day when we were carefree teenagers if you're showing up an hour late when i know you're only oh my gosh oh my gosh you reminded me of a story uh, but yeah 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 anyway sorry we definitely have gone on a tangent but what i was trying to say was you know relationships need work um Mm. but i feel like once you do 
work on it and once you do sort of pass that level of okay uh, this person in general has a good ethical standpoint has a good morale or whatever you want to call it you know like um so mm. they're a good person you know they're not they're not mm. a bad person they know what's right and wrong in a relationship yeah. they, you know and and there's getting to know one another as well so like say for example if somebody is 10 minutes late like like you said for you that's a deal breaker but someone else oh no no no, no for me it's not it's not oh okay well oh i said on instagram know, they said it was a red flag i don't know if you know refinery yeah. but they're like oh, red flag yeah, yeah, they show yeah. up late and i was like oh for me that's not okay yeah go ahead go ahead just in oh, case my future yeah. husband's out well, there i don't want him thinking um <laughs> listen to yeah. this podcast yeah. <laughs> yeah. no but i, I uh, anyway so like if if say i'm late and it is a deal breaker to someone yeah um but to somebody else it's not if person a tells person b you know what this has really upset me please don't be yeah. late again if they can see the date then that's a different story then yeah that is exactly a deal breaker because you've told them you know but if it, you know, you give a chance, you have to give the person a chance to make those mistakes and learn from those mistakes. And I feel like that's the outlook mm. that one has to have on a relationship or like the friendship. Oh, I think the friendship is easier to drop than a relationship because you're not of romantically course, yeah. involved. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. you don't. In a relationship, I feel like me personally, um, personally, I like to, I like the ability to lean on one another when you need support and I know that that's another big thing for marriage um uh like another big benefit is that people tend to have uh better like it's it's good for your mental health basically people who are married are typically less depressed they're typically less anxious as well um and I feel like that's because they have that support system in place Mm. that are sort of like built for one another I don't know yeah um yeah that's such an easy way to say it but I feel like obviously I'm not very close to you know I love my family you know to be the family that I do you know uh, stay in contact with but um you know like I love my sisters a bit but we don't talk every day we don't you know if if I'm feeling upset I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call her and tell her my go-to person is Jane you know so Mm. um So sorry to interrupt you, but it's like uh, the only reason why I laugh is that um, not to uh, to laugh at people's family relationships, but because my brother and I are so the opposite. So our family was yeah. so close. Like I call my mom if I'm sad. I talk to my brother. Like you see, you saw the interaction just then. If he's sad, he mm-hmm. calls me. I go into his room. We laugh. Like even my cousin was so close. My great like we're so close that it's almost to a point where I'm like I don't like I don't see the point of being that close with other people outside my family because mm-hmm. I remember you know what was so funny um I posted something on Instagram about like my mom coming back to Singapore and everyone was really surprised and there was someone else like oh yeah I'm quite cool with this person and um she wasn't even the only one actually two or three people messaged me to be like you know what like after you showed those videos I realized I don't know much about your life or like what you do or like what you get up to but in my mind I'm like oh yeah I'm cool with them if you're my if you're my close friends like I'm, I'm cool with you to a level um and they're like yeah I, I don't really know much about you you know I'd, you know whenever you want to like talk about your family or like things you're up to like let me know and when it was the first person I was a bit like yeah, that's a bit weird 
but then it was like two or three times I'm like I really don't like say things like and it's not like so it's and like he was saying so that person to fall back on and like rely on that emotional factor because like my brother and I like that um we don't really depend on and he's kind of the same you don't really depend on other people so there's pros and cons to both like for you you're able mm-hmm. to find that with James for me I feel my partner I think and this is something even uh, my brother and I realized you know our significant others have to really sort of understand sort of like the dynamics of like how close we are that's what's something that we realized like we were like okay we've noticed when specific people come in we've noticed like our we're not you know we don't feel as close and we get really sad because we're not seeing it. mm-hmm. it's really really bad dependency but um you know so so like so what you're saying I I do feel bad forever comes in because I feel as if I'll probably be quite a slow burner because I'm just like I don't need to talk you don't need to know my business I can talk to my mom I can talk to my brother but I think yeah so then yeah some people are like Mm -hmm. I'm not yeah exactly but I think the one the slight it's like this like it's such a small negative would be in terms of relationships I think for me personally that whole Mm -hmm. sort of leaning on each other probably will take a lot longer than than it should because even in friendships like people be like oh I, I, I didn't know like you finished uni I didn't even know you studied and all these things in my mind like, I talk about it all the time to my brother so I don't <laughs> talk about it till I were to like my, <laughs> yeah. my friends and stuff like that but yeah sorry um I cut you off there but definitely like you're saying sort of that partnership and yeah. like babies can I'm, read off mm-hmm. that as well so as long as like you guys like mm-hmm. they're very smart like humans you know they stare a lot for people that don't know how to fight but I think they're like very very they're they're very like intelligent you know mm-hmm. so um yeah, they read, I, they read I, I, definitely exactly like they can feel the anxiety like dogs as well like they're saying I'm not obviously Mila's not a dog um I don't want I know. beef part two <laughs> but like you know they can read off that anxiety <laughs> and like that sadness and that tension if you mm-hmm. and James definitely. are like I probably you guys are probably smart but one thing I don't know if you've noticed it like with some couples like I was in Camden the other day with a uh, well I keep saying another day when I mean that it could be a month or a year um with a friend (laughs) we're in Camden and this couple they were like the most toxic couple I've ever seen in my life in a span of like 30 minutes so they were like kissing each other and then because we're inside of a restaurant so this is how loud they were so they're kissing each other lovey lovey and then they just flip and they start yelling at each other and like cussing each other out and I, can I can't like I, I don't understand that I don't get the whole doing it yeah it, it just because it's almost like you're making everyone else feel uncomfortable and then she hits him and he slaps her and oh, then oh. the guy of the the owner of the restaurant because a woman came in was like I need to contact the police this is like a domestic issue and the owner of the restaurant mm-hmm. was like yeah people call the police on them all the time and and nothing happens or they just say like nothing's going on so yeah, my question for you um, is basically because I was discussing about sort of negative things that I've how do we call them negative, but things that were adopted that need work on. What has been something for you that you've sort of seen within your parents' relationship that you've adopted that's been something perhaps you would like to work on or improve or etc. I don't want to say negative anymore, like just improvements, improvements. Hmm. um well the dynamic of their relationship to start with is something that we know is very different 
between uh, James and I. Um, in terms of money, like a, a lot of people, you know, there's that saying, you know, that everyone gets funny when it's about money or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but James and I, you know, even when I was working, um, you know, we both had times where we needed to lean on each other more or less. Um, you know, there were times where I needed to lean on him more, or there were times that he might have le- needed to lean on me more. Um, and we both didn't even like think twice about it. It was just natural mm. to us because we share everything. Um, mm. And it's not like, uh, and this is even my 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 uh, mom's current relationship. Um, mm. She, ever since my dad, has now sort of developed this need for independence. Um, mm. So, she, my stepdad keeps their finances really separate. Uh, oh wait, what? And so then, yeah, they separated. No, no, no. They, oh they my gosh, separate. Oh, I actually was gonna be so <laughs> sad because, like, I, I really Nicola, Nicolas. No, Nicolaj. no. Yeah, oh, it's gonna Nicolai, be really yeah. sad. I was uh, Nicolas. Sorry, I was. Li- li- I was gonna be like, oh man, like. Yeah, this I definitely don't want to be with anyone now. They were like my only hope. But okay, yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, they're still going strong. Um, I booked um, I, I booked to spend Christmas with them. Where mm-hmm. James, Mila, and I were going to go to Denmark for Christmas, and then go to Norway, going to go skiing there as well. So um, oh wow, to that family holiday. Um, anyway, sidetracking. Um, yeah, my mom's just developed this need for financial independence now. And for me, that is that just seems so unnatural. To, to, um, and it's not like the point of a marriage or the point of a partner. I just feel like it's mm. natural for me to share everything with my partner. Um, and I feel like, you know, if somebody was listening to this right now, they might be like, all right, tell me, well, you're biased because you're not working now. Um, yeah. so of course, you'd feel that way because otherwise you'd be broke, you know. But <laughs> I felt this way even, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I felt this way even when um, there, there were things that he needed to lean on me. Um, mm. I felt the exact same way. It's just natural to me. I don't know. It's just... Um, Anyway, so that's something that I already know is very different. Um, and I know that the way that we communicate with each other and the way that um, we try to heal our inner child, I guess you call it, yeah. um, is already a step that we've taken uh, to sort of better our own lives and to better our relationship as well, because, you know, all of our parents have different traumas of their own. Mm. Um, but I feel like their downfall was, that they never really addressed it um, to the point where um, we knew about it, but didn't do anything to, to change it. Exactly. And they just kind of accepted that that's the way that they were and there was mm. no going around that. Um, so anyway, uh, something that has really affected myself, and I don't think this is necessarily to do with the relationship with uh, the dynamic of my parents' relationship at the fault of my mum, but I feel like it's more to do with the fact that my dad's a narcissist. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying narcissist to name drop, I'm saying it because mm. you know, he's the definition 
of a narcissist, these textbook narcissists. And, um, you know, I was speaking to my therapist about this as well. Um, but, but it's a, it's a disordered person, essentially. Um, mm. And that's from his own childhood wounds. Um, but yeah, like on a day-to-day life, I seek so much validation from James, actually. Mm. And, you know, like I'm, and it's, and it's a, it's a bad thing to, to do. I know it's bad. Mm. Um, and it's something that I'm trying to work on because and this is so horrible because like, <laughs> I, I, like I said earlier, I just hate, you know, putting them under the same light but he's not yeah. my dad you know he's yeah. his partner he's my husband he's the father of my child of our child mm. you know he's not my dad he's nothing like my dad but I because he is a man that I love it is almost like a muscle memory that my brain exactly. has been trained to do because yeah. I believe I believe that that is what love was and this is a problem of mine because um I get affected by that when James his way of coping with certain things like anxiety or stress or you know just things like that sometimes when he's up he withdraws himself he goes inward Mm. but to me that triggers my innate fear of being shut out of being yeah um dismissed but it, mm. in fact, it isn't him shutting me out. It's just him going inwards, if that makes sense. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. about me. Um, yeah. But anyway, I, I just constantly, and to me, that means, to me, that means when he, when he goes inwards, it makes me feel insecure. It makes me feel like, okay, he loves me less now. Mm. And that's because it's the truth of how my a dynamic of the relationship was between my dad and I um, yeah and I'm still working obviously to to break that yeah um, yeah so I feel like that would be that would be the, the main thing you know the, of course there are like sort of subcategories like insecurities um you know trust issues yeah um, ding ding with me the trust issues <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but there's just I feel like that's the one thing that that really um, hits home, and um, I, I I rely a lot on validation because mm. of that, because of that, yeah, because of the way that he was, I guess um, he still yeah. is, but you know, I'm I've withdrawn from that, and my current validation comes from my life, comes from my motherhood, comes from the fact that I know what kind of person I am and I'm at peace with that you know I know exactly. that I'm a good mother I know that I'm a good wife I know that I'm a loyal person I know that I'm an honest person yeah so and and that has got nothing to do with my dad and that's something I've made for myself without his help exactly and so that's where my validation needs to come from and that's what I try to remind myself of but you know those thoughts just keep creeping in yeah it's just it's it's so hard to kick, honestly, but I'm 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 working yeah. on it, and you know it's a it's a long process, but I'm getting there. But yeah, yeah. But so, like something you anyway, mentioned, like with one. the counseling, just to touch on, I think it's I'm not saying everyone should do counseling. Everyone's their own person, 
But for me, I found it very, very rewarding and very eye-opening, um, very life transformative. And I think if there's ever like someone that, you know, you're feeling certain feelings or you just think for me, like there was just behaviors of mine. I'm like, this doesn't seem like normal. This doesn't really seem okay. Um, I think the pandemic forced me to confront it because you're left with nothing but your thoughts. Um, Mm. And I was living in a studio alone. So that was just a recipe for mental disaster. That counseling as well for me has allowed me to understand why perhaps I think the way I am, why I am the way I am, why the particular traits of mine that aren't very positive traits of mine that I need to improve. Um, I used to really struggle actually with um, properly forgiving people I used to be like oh yeah like we're cool but like I would still kind of hold it over them and that was obviously mm. people have called me out well my brothers call me out on this like loads of times <laughs> but when it's like your brother you're like okay yeah like whatever but um yeah. but then I was kind of like no it's not a good trait to have when you say like you're cool with someone and you forgive someone but you're still holding on to that pain and whatever and mm-hmm. um definitely for me I don't I don't go to a counselor anymore because not to say like I feel like my I ticks everything and I'm fine but I've sort of developed sort of the coping mechanisms that I need to do but I think for me it was just really eye-opening like you're talking about narcissistic behaviors there are situations that I've had where I've been like what have I done wrong I don't understand what I've done wrong why am I so upset all these things and talking to a counselor and having like a professional tell you you know, this is a transactional relationship. That's why it impacts you so much or you feel trapped in what you're doing, et cetera, because mm-hmm. it's transactional. So you're meant to do something for them. And if you haven't pleased them, they'll cut you out. And that's what happened. You were cut out and that's why you're upset. And then you're the one that's meant to sort of grovel and do all those things. And then that whole thing, which I always send you on Instagram, like that protecting your peace. Like I really learned to do that through counseling. I used to just allow, I used to just allow so many different things to happen um, because I, and I think this is a lot of what I viewed. I think when I view like how sort of sometimes sort of the matriarchs and my family are treated, I'm I, you know, we're just like, oh, so you're just meant to just take everything and that's fine. So then when you are upset about something, you almost feel invalidated because you're like, you shouldn't be upset because, you know, you're a strong woman, you should take everything. That's not, that's not good. So I definitely agree with you in terms of sort of that counseling, talking to someone, understanding things. Like for me, the counseling's made me realize, you know, I've got to protect my peace. Um, and if people don't want to respect that that's on them and no is a powerful word it is you know I used to think oh I gotta I can just say I don't want to go and because I don't want to go and that's that's fine so yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's really been eye-opening because for me I wanted to sort of build better friendships and relationships because I was like I'm so close to my family but I also want to have friends that I'm close to as well not just cool with Mm -hmm. And sort of going to counseling, navigating why, where do these trust issues come from? Why do they come? How can we be more forgiving, um, be more open-minded, not try and force relationships for the sake of, oh, we're friends in this period of time. That's why we should be still friends. Like you don't have to keep people forever. You don't have to force yeah. it. If people are triggering a particular emotion out of you, maybe that's not that's not it. So I definitely agree with you yeah, with that. counseling like conversation earlier. It's hard when you grow up and, and you're experienced to those sorts of things because um, it's, you don't question the reality when you're a kid. Yeah. You just, everything mm. that you absorb, you absorb mm. as the truth. 
know mm. and you don't you don't question you know like for me for example I grew up and I didn't question my dad's state of mind I didn't think to myself you know my dad's a disordered person yeah like narcissistic person you know I grew up believing that that's how you show love to one like that's how you love somebody exactly you know so like for you for example you grew up thinking that that's how men treat women mm. so that's that that's i understand why you why you made that generalization but obviously yeah. that it's something that both of them trying to unlearn from that whatever muscle memory whatever you need to rewire we need to rewire our brain into you know broadening the horizons of exactly and you know receiving and giving love exactly it's, and it, yeah yeah it's just it's only going to benefit us when we do that and yeah and and it's so hard because I, i'm reading a book um still reading it i know a friend of mine's going to be annoyed as I, I said to read it since june but um it's a book called um all about love by bell hooks and whenever i do read it it's really rewarding but she touches upon sort of the idea of love and you know mm-hmm. what is love like what is it how do we get these ideas of love do we get it from movie movies do we get it from family um so sometimes for me I was like love is pain mm, don't really want pain so like you know that kind of idea but um my question to you Tanya is is there anything sort of you've adopted that perhaps was sort of negative from how you sort of viewed sort of your parents relationship yeah definitely um and you know we've spoken before about this as well you know I'm in therapy um I'm seeing a counselor and if I'm being honest a lot of it uh a lot of my time has been spent on um talking about my uh father and um the dynamic of um my relationship with him um and how that affects me on a day-to-day basis day-to-day um oh wow and yeah um and you know like he's not he's not a horrible person you know he's just um a narcissist and Mm. I say this in a way and 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 I'm not saying this as uh just to just like drop the term you know like he is yeah because nowadays people be really um, dropping the term but you don't you're not doing that yeah 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 he's categorically a narcissist he has a narcissistic personality disorder whatever you want to call it he's a Mm -hmm. disordered person which is what narcissism is you know like he's not a horrible person um and narcissism typically um comes from um an insecurity within yourself in the first place um which will have to do with the way that he was brought up you know um, but it reflected in the way that he is as a person today and um, the way that he parented us as well. Um, yeah. And really, really affected just our life in general. Um, you know how I was in um, in high school. You know, I don't really want to get into it, but I just, I wasn't, yeah, yeah. I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was a responsible person. I'm definitely not the, uh, well, I definitely wasn't the person that I am today. And I feel like the person that I am today is who I really am. Um, anyway the point that I'm getting to is he affects me on a day-to-day basis um, just the way that he is the way that 
things panned out um the way that they that they being my parents the way that they split up you know just what happened after they split up as well um Mm. and it affects me on a day-to-day basis in my relationship as well it affects my self-confidence it affects my trust it affects my um ability to to love it accepts uh, it affects my ability to um understand that a disagreement or uh, a withdrawal of some sort isn't necessarily like a withdrawal it's just somebody else going inwards and it's got nothing to do with me and it doesn't mean Mm. that they love me any less I think that's why with most people nowadays not just like if you've gone to high school but just in general you sort of long for more sort of that emotional capacity in friendships and because of that mm-hmm. your number of friends decline a lot like I like a, I don't have many friends but mm-hmm. it's not because like oh if I wanted to have loads of friends I could but because of what I've learned in the past like you can have a friendship group like you have here but if you don't genuinely like like 80 to 90 percent of the people like in your friendship group like what's like what's the point I didn't I, I didn't hate anyone in the friendship group but I had reason like I wasn't completely like oh yeah these are all my fe- friends and my mm-hmm. buddies um like that that you know whereas so now, if, yeah whereas now like when I see like the friends I've made now like obviously I don't talk about deep things with each and every individual but there's something emotionally to an extent they can bring to the table where it isn't yeah. I'm only friends with you so that I can get something off you um and I think that whole like okay I'm going to be friends with you for that I think it's quite telling when you see now and you look back and you're like oh we don't really talk or this is what it is and you know we're friends so that we when it gets to Facebook and Instagram we have those cute birthday posts and it makes it look like we have loads of friends and yeah but I don't know I mean to be honest that goes back to the whole um the whole topic of vulnerability like you were saying how um how there was like a level of vulnerability that you kind of want to allow yourself to have now with friends um Mm. and and for me I think it's important because um because I think in order for me to without sounding too like I don't know just get on with it yeah it, it wasn't anything special and if we were sorts of people in our lives nowadays let's just say we wouldn't you know mm. like we would be so quick to cut out those friendships and that's where we learn that's where we learn that's why yeah that's so true friendships like that anymore yeah. um and that's why just the same as you know you said that the topic we kind of wanted to focus on in today's conversation was marriage or just relationships and that's why we learn from our parents and that's why we we make our own judgment based on the experiences we've had and and we exactly you know it just turns out in whichever way it turns out for me it turned out you know I I want that connection I want that validation not validation sorry see this is my this is my other side yeah. now I want that connection I want that vulnerability I want that trust I want that um that feeling of being able to somebody else 
yeah. that I need now from what I learned. And that's how I've kind of perceived the life that I want. Exactly. Yeah. And I agree with you. And like to touch on sort of like that whole relationship thing as well, where on a more friendship base, I kind of, it's going to sound really bad, but um, I almost felt like a, a better person sort of after removing people that sort of represent behaviors that I don't really want to do. And that was also something that I learned um from counseling the only way to sort of better yourself is to sort of remove things that you see or you hear you do that you don't Mm -hmm. want to do anymore like the whole talking bad about people all the time it was so funny to me like after I left that I stopped doing that like I was literally like oh yeah I don't really talk bad about people anymore I don't really like I'm a fake Mm -hmm. I'm I'm really open and I have more meaningful discussions and all those things and it kind of plateaued into me being like okay just removed now but um but definitely like I definitely agree and I think because of that vulnerability and that openness I think that's also what sort of drawn us to sort of back together because out of everyone in terms of sort of obviously our lives were different but that whole sim- like even similarities like taking the bus back home like we were the only two that did that mm-hmm. like you know uh, like that did that regularly we didn't take the school bus to the 74 we were very like public transport people yeah. and I think out of our whole yeah. friendship group we were like kind of the only two that really did that uh didn't mm-hmm. like you know obviously you'll do cabs with people but I remember there were some points where we were like why don't we just take the bus like it's not that far like we can just if we're going to like yeah. Buena Vista or whatever wherever that place was I'm like yeah. why would we like taking a cab that we could take a bus um yeah so so you know those similarities we were both working part-time mm-hmm. as well working with Tiara uh during the, the holidays she, honestly she made that for me like if she wasn't there like my brother and I would have hated working there like we really enjoyed hanging out with her but um <laughs> yeah so it was just you know all those sort of things so it kind of would make sense why we kind of came back together in that sense because it just background similarities and just sort of how life I think for us we were kind of aware a little bit more of our privilege and we were kind of semi-conscious that we were in a bubble does that make sense yeah. like we we're kind of aware like we're in this bubble let's just yeah we're in this bubble and just keep it moving and yeah. we're going to be out of this bubble but and honestly um, I feel like some people are still in that bubble and that's why and that's why we've cut them out because you need to be able to relate with your friends with to a certain extent and yeah. I feel like that's why we've been able to reconnect because we relate to each other Mm-hmm. But I can't believe it, Mila, 14 months, man, time does fly. And I'm really hoping she'll be able to experience a good, like, childhood. Not like she's not experiencing a good childhood, but I mean in terms of, like, <laughs> going outside and, like, you know, all those little things you go outside and you yeah. see people and not looking over your shoulder, like, Sister Corona is going to get you. Um, yeah. You know, those things, like your family being able to see them, extended family and stuff, like mm-hmm. all those things yeah. that you wouldn't I'm be able so to do. I'm so excited for Christmas. And honestly, like today, even going out today, I had that feeling that you would talk about, like, you know, ooh, COVID or not even COVID, yeah. like it's extended now, even just six, you know, I just, she's yeah. never, she's, she's 14 months old and she's not been ill once. You know, by the well, time I was 14 months old, I've, I'd probably had not in those countless number of times. Yeah. And and it's completely normal, but I just feel like because there's been such a delay, there's just kind of like this 
anxiety that surrounds it because it's you know you just it's the first time you, you just have to get it over and done with um but yeah like Christmas is going to be an amazing time and I do want her to have an amazing amazing life that's all I want for her and that's yeah. why I'm working so hard on you know myself obviously I want to say I'm doing it for myself but I want to be the version of myself for her and like she gives me inspiration she gives me drive gives me everything she's my thing um Aww. and I want to give her a little brother or sister as well so oh is there a timeline <laughs> for that no there's a timeline I mean I'm still nursing her so the likelihood low of conceiving I just I want them to have like a good age difference between them yeah I feel like it does make a difference where it may be a little bit too late you know Mm. um and there are pros and cons to both and maybe we can talk about this on another podcast one day oh yeah true 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 (laughs) um but um yeah she she is still kind of like a baby so I feel like getting back into the swing of things like being born would be fairly easy to adjust to whereas say for example she became four or five years old she's no longer mm. a baby anymore she's less dependent on me um I've outgrown that baby stage and then I'm gonna have to snap right back into it while finger four five year old running around the house wrecking havoc you know exactly so I feel like there's there, there are pros and cons um obviously if I have another baby now um if we have another baby now I should say um then it's going to be very demanding you know there are going to be sleepless nights uh there are going to be you know it, it puts tension on the relationship sure my yeah. neighbor said to me I don't know if people say you know when people are save their marriages or save their relationships and say oh yeah let's have a baby you know that's yeah because no it no. it makes you hate each other like <laughs> I, I love James the bits like he's my number one he's everything as well as Mila obviously but you know there are moments where he just makes my blood boil and for no good reason <laughs> either it's just like <laughs> like even at night when she's sleeping he rolls over in bed I'm like do you have to roll so freaking loud like <laughs> it's just, but yeah anyway it's sorry i'm going off on one again but no 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 worries. yeah i just i just, I just I, can't I, believe like I you're a mom like yeah i just can't believe you know you're a mom like you're like a proper i, I need to stop saying you're proper because i'm also an adult but like you're like you're in charge of a life like a human being you know yeah um and that's that's just that's just so cool like it's, yeah. it's sometimes super James cool. and i just like sit back and we're like that's our baby and i feel Madness. like i feel like no matter what age you are you'll feel that way to be quite honest so true because it's so it's so fascinating just the sort of the sort of I created a human life with my body you know she right? is she is the she is the result of James and I put together we are li- like like yeah it just blows my mind. I don't and know. It, how to describe and like the it. human like, body, like how the female human body works, it's just it's so interesting. Are, you grow, you, you can grow human. Honestly, 
oh it's just oh and you know if i ever if i ever have a child i'll definitely um hit you up and be like yo do you have any do you have any tips but i wonder do, do. Do, do, do you do you ever feel lonely because like obviously you're a mom do you have you like do you have your mom crew yet or um it's getting there it's getting there um i feel like the, the beginning was very lonely um especially because of covid like mm. that was such an unprecedented time for everybody but i feel like motherhood in general like you know how they say it takes a village to raise a baby i yeah. most certainly did not have that village you know mm. like even you know like james's mom lives just around the corner um and if it weren't for covid she would be so involved in mm. our lives and i know that for a fact you know because she is mm. just such she is the most loving most caring most a giving mother and she like the dynamic of relationship with James is something that I have always admired but anyway she mm. like if it weren't for COVID I know that like you know she would be wanting to see me like all the time and she still she does want to see me like all the time mm. but it's because of our personal fears uh, surrounding COVID yeah it's it's um, yeah that it's not stopped at, yeah mm. um and like just at the at the very beginning like you know you you your life just completely turns around you're suddenly in in charge of another human's life um for the first time in your entire existence you know and it's just it's just such a i don't know such a shift and you're and you're getting to know yourself as a mother um or james is getting to know himself as a father you know it's not just about mothers the fathers need just as much support and love yeah exactly um but you know you're getting to know yourself as parents plus you're getting to know this tiny baby that is just brand new to the world and they're just learning themselves Mm. they're learning about themselves they're learning how to communicate they're learning like they don't even know when they're newborn they don't even know what they want when they want they don't you know they're just they rely solely on you and it, I feel like it's just you know it's so physically and emotionally demanding because you know don't forget the hormones are just all over the place mm. um your body is just trying to get to that place where it was nine months ago and it's going to exactly. take just as long to get back to that you know like there's there's a uh, there's a um there's a what's it called uh expectation that uh you just kind of pop back to normal after birth you know like you Mm. go back to your pre-birth body you go back to your pre-birth hormones you go back to you know just being you but it's completely the opposite you know your your whole life has changed so um you must have a new do you have a new body now like do you feel like you have a new body yeah yeah I feel like a completely different person um like obviously I feel like I've matured more like with every year I feel like anybody matures matures more um but uh yeah I definitely have a mum bod (laughs) um knowing you Tanya a mom body is probably like you can still walk the runway and you'll be looking snatched (laughs) snatched I feel like because 
breastfeeding, uh, I guess Mila falls under the category of being a toddler now. Um, breastfeeding a toddler is very demanding. Um, you know, that obviously takes its physical toll as well. Um, plus, obviously, I was quite a petite woman before, and she was born quite a big baby. She was 4.3 kg when she was born. Wait, petite? I thought, I, aren't you quite tall? Oh, yeah. When I say petite, I mean, like, slim. Oh, I was going to be like, if you're petite, like, then I'm, I need to go to <laughs> doctors and get checked out. Yeah. No, no. Worries. No, sorry. That's, I meant, like, slim. Like, I'm generally usually quite a slim person obviously in pregnancy yeah. which is completely normal like I gained weight and I loved it I loved being I loved being like plump and like having my pregnant belly and I just I loved it so much and you know like that's actually you know we can have this conversation again another day but like I feel actually with Slim I am sometimes more times actually like more weight on me um but the mother's metabolism and no matter yeah. how much I eat uh, um would not for themselves uh, but mm. for me it's actually been an insecurity of mine but anyway um anyway sorry I'm sidetracking again definitely mom bod I've got stretch marks all over my body um oh, wow. you know being Asian I feel like I'm more prone to getting stretch marks as well yeah. um darker pigmentation I'm still learning to... to love them yeah exactly um and I'm still learning to love them and I remember like when I was pregnant I was showing my stretch marks to a colleague of mine um because she wanted to see my like baby belly so I was showing them to her and then she saw my stretch marks and she literally gasped. She's like, <gasps> she's like, oh, wow. Yeah, they're bad. Oh, why would you and say like, that? I know. And then I think back to it and I just, I wish I could just give myself like a big hug and tell, tell myself that like they're beautiful and that, you know, those stretch marks mean that you're growing you're completely healthy and, mm. you know, big baby and, you know, but I'm still, you know, I'm still learning to love them. Like, as a woman, you want to feel, like, you want to feel sexy, you know? Mm. Like, I'll just put it as it is. You want to feel sexy, especially, like, when you've, when you've got a partner and you want to, you know, have intimate time with them. Yeah. You want to feel good in yourself. Like, and no matter what he says. That's why I love the lights being off, and I'm joking. <laughs> That's my joke. That's my joke. Yeah, but go ahead, go ahead. Um, Oh, the sun's no, up close to curtains. It, it wasn't even a bad joke because I feel that. Um, maybe it just hit a bit too close to home. That's why I didn't <laughs> um, um, But like, no matter how much James tells me I'm beautiful or, you know, I love I love your stretch marks. It reminds me of, you know, how, how strong a woman you are, how amazing yeah. like you are to have brought our, you know, amazing child into this world who we love nothing more. Um, did I say that right? Who like we don't yeah. love anything more than our amazing child, and that is a result of it, you know. Mm. Um, no matter how many things he says to tell me I'm beautiful, whatever, I need to feel it within myself because when I look in the mirror and I see it, I think, who could love this? No. You know, 
and it's it's sad when I think about it and like I actually get myself really upset when I go too deep into it but that's something that I need to work on yeah I don't know if you had any final points to say before before I conclude my final point is that my daughter is now awake so (laughs) I need to go and get a little cuddle so that she can go back to sleep it's so funny when I see her head popping up she's putting herself back down oh bless her bless her well on that note um for those of you who are listening thank you so much for tuning in thank you tanya for on a beautiful friday night uh being able to record this with me i know there's a lot of technical difficulties um for those of you who are listening make sure to follow us on spotify on our instagram at benangay podcast and we'll see you guys all next wednesday bye